This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Sharon Berry, local rancher, former president of the Custer County Cattlewomen, and also on the board for many years of the Colorado Cattlewomen. Sharon, welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be here. Under full disclosure, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and I know very little about cattle or hay or ranching, so I'm particularly interested in uh, this today. In our initial conversation, it sounds like you've been part of this valley for all your life. Yes, I have. How far does your family go back in the... My family goes back to the German colony that came in in 1870. So that goes all the way back to the beginning of the history of this valley. Pretty much so. There was a few people here, but not to the extent that there was after the German colony came in. Your husband's family also went back quite a ways, I understand. Yes, he went back to this. His family goes back to that colony also. Did you grow up in ranching? Was that part of your history when you were young, or were you older when that started? I was born in Canyon City just because that was the hospital, but I've been here from that time on except for like three years when I was in the military and going to school. And when you were doing ranching, was it cattle? Was it hay? What were your elements? When I grew up, we had cattle, we had hay, and then also for quite a few years, my mom and dad and grandpa and grandma had a dairy, and they milk cows every day, twice a day. Tell me a bit about the hay here in the valley. You see big trucks with hay heading out of the valley, and I understand it, it's got quite a cachet. Oh, yeah. I think that the reason that Custer County or Wet Mountain Valley hay is a really good product is because it doesn't grow quite as fast as it would like in Canyon City and Pueblo because you have the warm days and cool nights. So mm-hmm. that just nothing grows quite as fast here because of that. And then uh, the quality of the hay is really good. Uh, That's what I understand. How have conditions changed over the years for those in the hay business? I would say the machinery, because I remember as a kid, we did with a haystack and loose (laughs) hay. Uh And then it went to a baler. And then it went to a better baler and better rakes. And then you can see now that there's every size bale. The little bales that we used to do as well as like many of the ranchers now have bales that are three by eights or three by or four by eights, mm-hmm. just really big. And those particular bales are a whole lot easier to load on a truck than those little ones that have to be done one on by hand. Yeah, you see those round bales yes. that uh, are put on trucks. Yes, that's become a really good commodity. And the fact that even here in the valley, the ones who uh, have those that feed their cattle, all it takes is one person and a tractor in the equipment to or that they put the bale in and it just rolls it out so you don't have to have several people feeding the cattle in the winter because of takes one. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And how many people back in the day when it was less mechanized did it take to bring in the hay? Are you talking back to the... Um, back when, uh, sort of the haystack days is what I was thinking. The haystack days. More so in those particular days, there was bigger families. Mm-hmm. And it took one person on the, on the stack. There was one person that would bring the hay into the uh, to, into the stacker. So I would say more more that it was slower than it was the number of people that were doing the the haying. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a bit about cattle. Are there certain breeds of cattle that you find in the valley? versus other places? The thing that I saw happening in the valley, people either had Herefords Mm -hmm. or Angus. Okay. And today there are just a couple people who have Hereford operation that they sell their bulls and heifers. There is more a crossbred cattle, more so today than there were. And do you have any idea... How many head of cattle are typically in the valley on a typical year? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> but it's <laughs> You know that that's one of the things that has always been you never ask a rancher how many cattle they have because they feel like that's their business not anybody else's. I've I've run into that <laughs> and and you don't ask how big their spread how many, is. How many how many acres, acres they have? No, you don't. Well, that that really cuts my questions down. No, I'm just kidding. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> You want to know how many chickens I have? I have 13. (laughs) Now, you did say uh, coming in that you had chickens. How many eggs can you get out of uh, 13 chickens on a a average day? Or or an average day? Chickens will give you approximately five eggs a week for one chicken once they're in full production. And what breed are your chickens? Well, they're crossbred too. That's kind of what I've had, you know, Rhode Island Reds. I've had those. I've had Bard Rocks. I just want to make sure that the chicken I get is one that is going to produce good. Let me ask about the the Cattle Women Association. You were president and you held, it sounds like you held most of the board positions with the Custer County Cattle Women. And You've also been with the Colorado Cattle Women. What is the the mission of those groups? Education. We want to educate consumers that beef is a really good product. It's a healthy product. It's good for you. We also like to make sure that people understand the agriculture community and the fact that we are good stewards of our land. If we don't take care of our land, it's not going to give it back to us. you got to take care of it or it's gone. And how does the valley look to you when you think back 40 years ago? You've been here for a long time. More housing. Mm-hmm. There was a period in, oh, I'd say maybe the 70s, early 80s, when it was a really hard time for ranchers, and some of them sold off part of their property and it went into 40 acre parcels Mm -hmm. and in those 40 acre parcels there were there's houses on there now that weren't there 50 years ago 
like it was in the early 70s when a lot of the developments were started. Not only the 40 acres that were down in the floor of the valley, it out in the Rosita wet valley, uh, wet uh, mountains were uh, divided. Mm-hmm. How critical when you were doing cattle and hay was irrigation. Was that a given that you had to do that? Oh, it was a given, but it it's only given if you have the snow on the mountains for the winter because that's the only, you know, this is a valley that is total with irrigation ditches. It doesn't have uh, spigots or like you see down in the valley or out in eastern Colorado that uh, use wells to irrigate. Mm-hmm. Or they're over in the San Luis Valley, too. There's a lot of them over there. So given the importance of snowpack to irrigation, the last few years have been pretty dry. How, oh. is, how has that affected the ranching community and the haying community? Income. That's it. You can only go a couple years. And then if you have hay left over for your cattle from one year and you have to use the rest of it up the next year just to keep your cattle and it's just that I look at the mountains and I pray every day that it snows up there and I don't pray that it snows down here in the valley but up there in the mountains it is where it really counts Mm -hmm. and then I really I I can hear the wind sometimes up in the mountains and I think that's where it needs to stay because the snow gets blown down into crevices and packed in and that makes the in the spring when it warms up, this the water will come out slower than if it's just laying there. Now, you've lived your whole life here in the valley, but if one compares this area to other areas where cattle are raised, 8,000 feet with that short growing season must be quite a challenge compared to if one is at 500 feet in, in Texas someplace. I think one of the particular things that the growing season, like in a lower altitude, you green up faster and you can start grazing in that area a lot faster than you can here because here spring doesn't come until the 1st of May. (laughs) (laughs) It's a short season. Oh, yeah, it is. And it can end in the 1st of September in the fact that we can get our first snow in in September. Mm-hmm. Think back when you just started your ranching business. Mm-hmm. What, any thoughts come to mind? Uh, like, oh, I remember, remember we used to do such and such. I think what happens is that as you grow up, you... You just become part of the ranching. You become part of the help. You you work cattle with your parents. You work with, and it becomes a family thing. And I think that's the important thing because you just work together. And, and you get out there, and a lot of times what happens in this valley is somebody decides, well, we're going to brand this weekend, and they get a big crew. Friends just come and help and just it turns into it's a work day but it's more also a fun day besides they always have good food then too that's a good example and i i'll bet there is good food at the end of the day yeah (laughs) 
Sharon, as we run out of time, what have we missed? Anything uh, you want to leave with the listeners uh, about ranching in the Valley? The only thing that I want to say, people think that just because you have property and some acreage that you're rich, but sometimes you're not rich in money, but you are rich in the fact that you have a real good life. And it's a rewarding life. And that doesn't always mean that you're going to have the money. (laughs) Well said. Sharon, thanks for visiting with us today. Uh, I feel enlightened as the as the city boy from Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what that's what we need to make sure that the urban community knows what we do and how we protect our property and our land. Sharon, thanks for stopping by. Thank you. We've been visiting with Sharon Berry, local rancher and former president of the Custer County Cattlewomen, as well as former president of the Colorado Cattlewomen. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 